0: Welcome to the Lightning 50 e commerce growth hacking podcast brought to you by Bright Pearl. Want to turn your business into a cash generating machine? You've come to the right place. This bite sized podcast reveals the technology secrets fueling the world's fastest growing online brands. And for our host, we have retail industry expert Caroline Baldwin. She'll be sharing her own wisdom and experience as she interviews high growth e commerce brands to uncover their secret tech tools and tips for success. Let's get started on supercharging your growth. Here's Caroline. Hello, I'm Caroline, and welcome to the Lightning 50 e commerce growth hacking podcast. Today, we're speaking to Michael Scott. He's the chief executive at Lazy Susan. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. How are you this morning?
1: Hi, Caroline. I'm great. Thanks very much for having me on the show.
0: Thanks for sharing your time with us. So, tell us a little bit about the business and how e commerce has helped you get to where you are today.
1: Um, Sure, Caroline. Lazy Susan is a direct consumer e-commerce business, which um, specializes in the outdoor sort of garden furniture sector. Um, I set the business up around 2007. And um, after a couple of years of sort of physical retail, sort of pivoted online, um, you know, with a thousand pound e-commerce site. And really... You know, the internet and the website has driven the growth ever since.
0: And so that, you were quite an early adopter of e-commerce back in the day. To, was it to uh, late 2000s,
1: 2010s? Yeah, probably around 2009, 2010. You know, I'd been taking the product to garden shows, you know, and doing mm-hmm. physical retail, sort of things like the Chelsea shower, Flower Show, um, Surrey County Show. And you know, got quite disheartened. You know, when you would be out in a field and it was raining, and you'd sell absolutely nothing, and decided to you know invest literally a thousand pounds, you know, in the first uh, web store with a local supplier. And you know, can quite vividly remember the first you know ten, twenty pounds. You know, we started spending with Google, and uh, you know, within the first six months, you know, seen that we'd maybe spent three thousand pounds on advertising and generated £60,000 in sales. So it seemed like an interesting um, thing to, to try and develop.
0: Those maths just make complete sense, don't they? So how has things changed over the past decade or so? You know, being online, we have diff- various different um, people come on the podcast. Some have gone online quite recently. Some have been on there for quite a while. Uh, you must have seen some really interesting challenges and growth along the way.
1: So... When I started the business with, um, you know, everyone's sort of got a story about starting the business with £10 or £50, but I started with a couple of containers and we were always limited by the amount of physical inventory we had. But so the growth of the business was kind of dependent on that. But over the first five years, you know, there was kind of exponential growth in the online sales, just as you became more and more savvy about you know, the combination of both advertising online, you know, 90 percent with Google and also, you know, your content strategy, trying to get, you know, uh, your organic listings. So we were in a position where literally for the first, I don't know, probably more than five years, you know, we had to turn advertising off, um, you know, in our peak season because of over demand, which was, you know, kind of a great but also kind of a frustrating position to be in.
0: Oh, the the whole not having enough um stock to supply is um quite quite um a prolific challenge of people that we're speaking to that have got such high growth rates. So let's talk about the last year. So your growth rate over the last year has been sixty three percent year on year. So that's led you to be number twenty five on the UK Lightning Fifty list. And uh, how have you managed to achieve that? That's a, an incredible achievement.
1: Well, I suppose like um you know number of brands you're speaking to at the moment there were, you know, kind of winners and and, and losers due to the, you know, horrific experience we've just been through with the COVID pandemic. And, you know, we were um, in the outdoor sector, you know, clearly one of those winners. So up until that point, the business had been growing, you know, 10, 20% per annum. And then suddenly in 2020, you know, we got this huge um, surge At that point, we were trading um, 45% of our business um, for the previous four or five years was in Europe as well. So from the one website, we had actually um, then grown to three or four websites, um, a French, a German, a Dutch, Italian and Spanish. So the business was very, very European. 2020, we were still trading in Europe and the business grew probably 50% in that year. Wow. We we were lucky enough to be able to you know secure the product from our suppliers, our Far Eastern suppliers. We we do hold now a very significant inventory. You know maybe fifty percent of our forecast sales for the next year. Um, so we were able to sort of flex into that, and you know deliver you know a speedy service to you know ninety five percent of people. You know we weren't having to say you know, order now, we'll deliver it to you in two or three months. So having the inventory, I suppose, and then, you know, working with our, you know, delivery partners who obviously were, you know, like you, you know, everyone experienced it. Everyone was totally overloaded. Um, So uh, delivery times took a little bit longer, but consumers were were perfectly happy to accept that because of the, you know, the pandemic and the sort of one-off nature of the situation.
0: So, beyond the obvious you know macro challenges of the pandemic and, and stock, what other challenges have you faced over the last year because things must have changed from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one whether growth flattened a little bit or or what was what have been the adjustments you've had to make
1: so between twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one um we had uh, brexit, so that meant that come february twenty twenty one We simply had to stop shipping, you know, from the UK into Europe. That meant that I had to um, find a solution, which was ultimately incorporating a new company in Europe. I chose the Netherlands, finding a warehouse in the Netherlands, and then, you know, directly shipping from our Far Eastern suppliers into the Netherlands so we could then fulfil all European orders Directly out of Europe, that that was a massive challenge. But the result of it was in 2022, you know, our sales in Europe, you know, are about you know 40 or 50 percent higher than they were in 2020. So we've had massive growth in Europe, and you know, I've heard many other businesses who had to stop selling either from the UK to Europe or the other way around from you know Europe into the UK it's Brexit has paradoxically meant we've had to invest in Europe, which is kind of ironic.
0: That's um, because considering you had such a market there beforehand, and then it had to stop for a year and, and then you're actually higher than you were beforehand. That's, that's an incredible achievement in itself to be able, it must have been heartbreaking when it was all going on, seeing, seeing you having to stop.
1: Well, it was, it was also though at a time where the demand in the UK was, was kind of you know, unheard of, um, you know, people were buying mm-hmm. garden furniture in February when it was raining. So it's never, you know, hopefully it's never going to happen again. Um, so we, we kind of probably couldn't have traded in Europe, even if we, interesting. you know, because we would ultimately have run out of inventory. I mean, there is a, there's always a, you know, on the internet, you could effectively, you know, sell your whole warehouse in a couple mm-hmm. of days if you had the demand. Um, so
0: balance the scales the for you a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this year in 2022, when the, the search volumes, you know, Google Trends search volumes are back to 19 levels, um, you know, our, our sales have reset like they would have done for, for everybody. And, you know, we're still significantly above our 19 levels, um, mm-hmm. but we have also had a significant increase in our marketing expenditure. So you know, that that might have helped.
0: So let's talk a little bit about technology. What tech platforms or, or techniques have you been using to help you with all of these challenges and this journey that you've been on?
1: Well, the main one, um, you know, for driving sales that I see, and, and that's what we've got to do, put money in the till, is, you know, is our front end. And, um, you know, we re-platformed from sort of Magento community or Magento One, you know, onto a German platform called Shopware. And we did that uh, maybe two years ago or now or mm-hmm. so. So fundamentally, that web store is driving ninety percent of the, the the sales. The other ten percent come from marketplaces or marketplace, you know, more like Amazon. So first and foremost, it's the web store, and then the orders from that are going into our ERP system, which is Odoo. And from that, they flow, you know, to the warehouses and, and out.
0: I see. And what's the out of all these platforms that you've been using, which has really, you know, really helped drive the growth? What's what's the one that you absolutely um, are, are are so happy that you invested that time and energy into?
1: I'd say it is the the front end, uh, the web store, that is really drives the sales mm-hmm. because that puts the money in the till. Behind that we have our ERP system. So um, the equivalent of um, you know, Bright Pearl, but ours is called Odoo, which enables us to, you know, manage the inventory, um, send the orders to the warehouses, produce our accounts. You know, that's essential. But ultimately, you know, without making the sales, um, you know, we, we've got nothing to fulfill.
0: Of course, and having that landing page that really attracts customers makes makes them want to trade with you versus elsewhere. Explains your vision and um, investing in that. Um, what, when when it comes to the creative mind behind that, was um, was there a lot of decision making? Was it a big a big decision to choose um, to cho- make your website look like it does?
1: You know, all of our websites have you know have evolved, haven't they, over the last you know ten years and. You know, I was a great fan and still am a great fan of um, Zappos. So, you know, if you go back and look at, you know, Time Machine and and see what our website looked like 10 years ago, you'd have seen that it was kind of very closely, you know, modelled on Zappos and the Zappos navigation. And, you know, I kind of think that, you know, a company, you can learn a lot from obviously looking at, um, you know, uh, competitors, although they're not competitors in, in in a different sector, and um, one of the major USPs at Lazy Susan is that we have a huge amount of user-generated content. Um, so perhaps about 95% of all the images on our website are user-generated. They're customer photos. Mm-hmm. Um, I started that about seven or eight years ago. And um, we donate to um, charities 10% of our profits and every time we receive a photograph we're donating, you know, a minimum of about £20 to the charities. Um, so last year we donated somewhere in the region of £130,000 uh, to a variety of different charities. So we try to stimulate the user generated for customers, you know, to send us those pictures. And we end up with images that we simply couldn't replicate in a with a professional photographer the User-generated
0: the content is just such an interesting, interesting, interesting space. And to be seven or eight years, uh, uh, been doing that for seven or eight years is really fantastic. Sorry, you were saying um, yeah, well, you we can have, have those uh, pictures with the photographer.
1: Well, we couldn't. We couldn't replicate the no. customer images, you know, professionally. Uh, I don't think we yet communicate well enough to our potential customers that what they're looking at are customer images. Yeah. What, what they do see is thousands and thousands of reviews. Um, so, again, from the Zappos playbook, it's all about customer service. It's all about delivering an amazing customer service. And, you know, when things go wrong, um, sorting it out. So yeah. when we ask our customers, you know, why they're ordering from us, you know, it's often cited that they've read those reviews. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. how... We all work, you know, whether we're booking a hotel or any other kind of service, won't we? we will have a look at those. And, you know, we've now built up for our best selling product, you know, maybe four or 500 reviews, which, you know, kind of, you know, the proof is in the pudding there.
0: <laughs> so what would you share with our audience to be your one tip for growth and scale?
1: Well, I was kind of recently at a dinner where they had a load of different brands and uh, there was a rather smarter person than me talking there who was kind of supporting the dinner. And he said, know your customer. Mm-hmm. So that kind of resonated really. You know, he was saying it's it's not very complicated. So understand who your customer is,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think really, really resonates. And um, you know, we did some geodemographic profiling, you know, um, sent our database off and it came back and it, you know, told us in black and white. So you know, I put the report away and then actually, you know, picked it up again and, and just, you know, keep everybody in the business, you know, well and truly focused on who that customer is, because that then enables, you know, all of our, you know, marketing to be focusing in on, you know, that person.
0: Of course. And do you personify that customer? Do you give them a name and such like and and things like that? Yeah.
1: Don't ask me what the names are at the moment. We've got two or three different names. And in our our business, our customer, you know, because we're selling um, sort of mid to upmarket garden furniture is, you know, 50 to 75 years old and, you know, uh, relatively wealthy um mm-hmm. has garden has pets has some pool. so um it's not too difficult to visualize them
0: and then to be able to really hone in on that via all the platforms that you use and social media where necessary it's a it's a definitely knowing your customer has come up so much in the podcast and really serving that customer well so they keep coming back to you and all recommend you to friends right
1: well, yeah, just uh, it's interesting. You mentioned that, um, Caroline, because just about a month ago, and it was only about a month or two ago, we started asking the customers, the ones who placed orders on the phone, which is about you know twenty percent of our business, because we kind of want people to call us up. You know, what, why are you ordering from us? Would you mind telling us why you're actually ordering? And thirty percent of our business, um, you know, is effectively. A combination of repeat customers and referrals, mm. and that's without us. I mean, we try really, really hard to deliver a great service, but we're not trying really, really, really hard yet on the recommend a friend, you know, friends and family vouchers, you know, Lazy Susan gold card. So the referrals was more than 10%. So you can imagine that, you know, when you've, you know, your mother's bought a set and her friends come around. And they're having a nice barbecue or lunch. Um, that you know, it's it's um, it's a talking point, and, and they'll be like, "Well, yeah, I bought that from Lady Susan, and uh, they were kind of great." And um, you know, here's here's the friends and family voucher. So mm-hmm. we, we also have a surprising amount of you know twenty percent who have already bought something from us, and um, you know, they might be the ones who are lucky enough to have a large garden, you know, with a couple of areas of seating or they might have bought a bench and then a table, or vice versa. They bought a table then a bench. Um, so we're going to really, really work hard next year at that piece and, and slightly reduce our marketing spend, our digital marketing spend, to be focusing more, um, you know, at the the CRM. Um, so in that sense, we'll be looking at you know the the Clavio um, software that we use mm. and um, trying to develop our program of having got somebody into the basket and out the end of the basket you know how do we then retain those customers Uh, because at the moment we are very very narrow with our product range we we just sell um you know the best cast aluminium maintenance free garden furniture you know we don't sell anything else and that's the way it will continue for a year or two i think so whole
0: new opportunities for you next year to grow even further. So, Michael, you rank 25, as I said, in the UK Lightning 50 list of fastest growing brands. What does that recognition mean to you, the business and your employees?
1: Well, I think it's, um, you know, we've been on one or two of these lists before. And, um, you know, you get, you know, probably the greatest satisfaction out of, you know, trying to grow, you know, our, you know, our colleagues, our employees. Mm -hmm. Um, There's I don't know exactly how many people here. We're a small business, about 25 to 30 people. Every year we hire, four, well, we used to hire four or five interns from France and Germany. That's kind of got a bit harder recently. But, you know, seeing the people who are currently working here develop and seeing the people who have worked here, you know, move mm-hmm. on and do other things and develop is a, a great satisfaction. And, and the other one is actually how kind of do some good you know, charitable arm where we donate You know, I hate the saying 10% of profits because you know it's kind of can be nothing but it's not thankfully so you know that gives me a real
0: buzz oh that's a really nice note to end on Michael thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your insights with us and our listeners and to our audience out there thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast we'll be back with you with another episode very soon